Good morning. Welcome to UVU Today, a morning news podcast by students for students. We are committed to keeping you up to date on what you need to know here at Utah Valley University. I'm Matthew Daniels. I'm Daniel, and um, today is Thursday, the 18th of March, 2021, and it's a great day to be Wolverine. It sure is, and we have something very exciting for all of you today. We're be, we have the grateful opportunity to speak to the current, well, the recent winners of the 2021 elections for our student government. Okay, so um, I'm just going to introduce each and each one of them real quick. So we have the new student body president, Karen Magana, here with us. We have the new executive student body vice president, Bryson Finley, here with us. And we have the new vice president of activities, Hayden Howard, here with us. And um, unfortunately, the new vice president academics, Dylan, is un- is unable to be here today due to personal reasons. We'll miss him, but we'll, we'll try to have as much fun as possible. So spring break just ended this last week. Did you guys do anything crazy, have a lot of fun, or just kind of chill and, and wait for the school to start up again? I, I just chilled out. I was supposed to go to Mexico, but that got a wrench thrown in it by the pandemic, sadly. But maybe next year, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I went down to St. George this past weekend, but it was snowing the whole time, so I didn't even get to enjoy the warm weather, but it was still fun. Got to hang out with my family. I went down to Moab for a couple of days um, and like hiked to the Delicate Arch and we went rock crawling a little bit, which was really scary, um, but it was fun. It was nice to reset. That's sweet. And Daniel, did you do anything? Um, no, actually, no, not really. Not really. I mean, I just, I was here. I, I had work. Basically, I think there is this, um, I think there is this um, kind of like, I don't know if I should call it a narrative or an idea that you need to like go all out and like go wild during spring break. I didn't do any of that. Okay. It's okay to just stay at home and watch Netflix throughout your spring break. That is totally okay, by the way. So yeah, that's, well, that's not exactly what I did, but that is a large part of what I did. But yeah, no, I I didn't do anything wild or anything like that. No. I was also lame. I stayed at home and just worked, right? Didn't really do anything, but well, maybe next year, right? When I have just, just a little more money for now, no. Alrighty, so another quick question. We had the fun Friday right before spring break. Daniel had some awesome questions that caused a little controversy within the UVU Today podcast groups. And we want to get your opinion on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, about that. So um, I'm not sure if you guys have listened to it already, but we released the fun Friday episode, the, the Friday before spring break where we just um, got a few of our co-hosts together to get to know a bit more about us. And we basically asked just some um, some quick fire and would you rather questions. A couple of them were um, kind of controversial. And so we thought we'd ask your opinion on some of them. The main the main controversial one here was, um, would you rather have three kids and no money or $3 billion and no kids? And that's all three of you. What do you think? I would have zero kids for free. No money needed. Zero. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't, I don't see a downside to that one either. No kids and $3 billion. I'll take that. Sign me up. <laughs> so funny. I want kids, but if you have no money, you can't take care of them. So I think I was leaning towards the $3 billion as well. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, I, yeah, I think when I, when we ask a question, that's the same, that's the, the same option I chose though. I, I don't know. Some some people will probably take three kids and three kids and no money because that's perhaps going to be 
more satisfactory in terms of like a life goal or something. But um, I mean, to each their own, to each their own. Um, we also had another one here. Okay, yeah. So which would you rather live without, a dishwasher or a washing machine? I've actually never had a house with a dishwasher. So I've always been the dishwasher. Um, so I would definitely rather um, go without the dishwasher. When dishwasher. I go to Mexico to visit my family, we don't use the washing machine a ton and it's so exhausting. So I think with Karen, I think I'd go without the dishwasher. It'd be way easier to just wash your dishes than to wash your clothes by hand. So yeah, I'm going to have to. Exactly. It's the same thing I said, by the way, the same thing I said. Bryson? I think I agree too. I feel like the process for washing clothes by hand would be so much harder than washing dishes. I would, I would sacrifice my, my dishwasher for a washing machine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Same thing. I, same thing I said last week. I mean, you know, with, 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 I don't know. I just think obviously when you're having to wash clothes with your hands, as, as Bryson said, this is like a pile. It's going to be a lot stressful. It's going to take a lot longer than having to wash like a pile of dishes. Yeah, it's a tough one, but I think I'd also lean towards towards a washing machine option. Matt, did you have any um, suggestions? Any thoughts? Actually, hold on, Matt. Would you rather no kids and $3 billion or three kids and no money? You never actually answered that. I, I'd take I, the, I'd money, take the money. money. You know, it's a lot of money. And I don't like the idea of being in debt. So I'll take the money. <laughs> Kids will come down the line. I mean, if you have a lot of money, there's got to be an opportunity down the line, right? Good point. Uh, And let's see, the dishwasher or the washing machine, Matt? What do you think? For sure, I could go without dishwasher because uh, in El Salvador, washing clothes by hand was the worst ever, especially when you had a whole ton of of clothes. It's just really terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it sounds like they're not really very controversial after talking with you guys. I don't know why our group is so divided on these, but you, you just disproved that entire thing. All right. Well, since you guys are so cohesive and just all have the same ideas of what's going on, I'd just like to know is if you had the similar experience with like the emotional buildup during your election process. Was, were you guys anxious? Were you nervous? Excited? Like, what, what happened when you guys were announced as winners? Um, yeah, so everything came in waves for me. So there, there were times when I felt like completely okay. Like I, you know, we got this, we're going to get through like campaigning and everything. And then like people would check in to see how I was doing and I would get confused because I was like, I'm fine. Um, but then it would hit me like a truck and I would be sobbing in my car. So... <laughs> I think the whole process just really like magnified a lot of my um, insecurities and it was really, really tough. Um, so like for my own sake, I can like, I mentally prepared myself to lose, I guess, as sort of like a defense mechanism. Um, so I watched back then like announcement video that's on our Instagram and I cringe because my reaction is just so like, I just don't like it. I, I, I was so excited, but I feel like I didn't show that. It was just a culmination of a bunch of different emotions. And I just was so shocked. But inside, I, I was so, I was excited. I feel like I feel like Karen in a lot of the same way. We're like, I kind of like, I didn't feel as stressed as I thought I was like throughout the entire process. And it all hit me at the same time when they announced it. And I'm mad enough to admit that I cried. I was the only one in that room that did cry, but (laughs) it was just like, I would like, it wasn't a sad cry. I was just like all the emotions like hit me at once and all the stress of campaigning and just like doing the whole thing. 
So it, it was, it was a lot, but it was definitely worth it. I'll say that. Yeah. Didn't know what they said. I feel like I was most anxious when I was deciding whether or not I was going to run, deciding whether or not I was going to put myself out there like that. And then once I started, I didn't have time to feel stressed. (laughs) I just had to hit the ground running and just go with it. And it was really fun during elections week to get to know students and to have those conversations with people. And so the aspect of it was fun, even though I was still pretty anxious during that week. But it was just such a relief when they said my name. It just made it feel like the whole process, everything that I did was worth it. And it was just a really fun moment to be able to to have that. So, yeah. Well, that's awesome. It sounds like it's a very unique experience that will stay with you at least throughout the entire school experience and throughout your entire lives. That sounds pretty stressful. I don't know if I could do that. So I'll I'll just stick with the podcast. How about that? Another question, one that I'm kind of, I'm kind of interested in, right? Because we always see this like throughout any any organization right that goes through a change they make a set of goals as soon as they as soon as they take office or take charge so do you guys have any like do you have a plan on what you guys will do differently especially with spreading information informing students and what how will you guys measure that progress i can go first um this one was a big one particularly with resources it was part of my campaign resource advocacy Um, And originally I was hoping to create some sort of like uh, resource hub site, kind of like a one-stop shop for students to go to and find all the resources that they need. Um, Because I feel like right now it's very compartmentalized and you have to really search to find what you're looking for. But it's hard because you don't know what you don't know. So you don't know like to Google like UVU test or strep test, you know, you can get a $10 strep test at medical services, you know. I had no clue that we could do that until a couple of months ago, but yeah, things like that, um, putting it all in one place, I think would be really beneficial because then you don't necessarily have to search for that when it's already there. Um, we also as exec talked about maybe implementing that sort of thing into canvas just because canvas, everyone uses it. And even if we're not necessarily able to make it intrinsic to the site, even having a link to some sort of uh, hub that we create on our own. I think would be really cool. Um, I mean, some of my ideas, they're more specifically for activities, but some of the stuff that I've talked about for reaching students is uh, having daytime events happening during busy class times um, to help promote our bigger events that are going on. That way students are engaging with each other and learning more about UVUSA, learning more about the events. And rather than just handing someone a flyer, you're having a more engaging experience. Um, and also just focusing on making connections with students again, rather than just handing someone a flyer, actually having conversations, especially post COVID people like to put on their mask, put on their AirPods, keep their eyes down and just keep walking. But I think increasing that student connection across campus is a really big part of, um, letting students be aware of opportunities and activities and events that are coming up. I I agree with Hayden on a lot of that. And I think that something that's cool about like the year that we're going into this is we've kind of inherited the time that everything's hopefully slowly going back to normal. And so I think that'll bring back a lot of the community that we have on campus. Um, And so I think like Hayden said, just making it a little bit more personal and maybe adding a face to our student government so people have a place that they can kind of reach out to um, and get more involved because that's so important to be able to have access to that information. And that was a huge concern that was brought up by students is access. And so I really want to make sure that everybody has a place that they can really find the information and opportunities that they need or want to get access to. 
For sure. Sounds like you guys have that plan and set and I'm excited now because with me, I'm taking online classes off campus. I really have no idea what the atmosphere is like on campus. So I'm, I feel comfortable now that knowing what you guys have planned, that I can go there and know exactly what's going to be going, what's going to happen and where I can find all the information. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think I've listened to your, to obviously what you just said, I think it's also very important because the past year, year and a half has been very tough for students, especially because of COVID, obviously. And especially with resource advocacy, um, going back to what I think Karen mentioned this when she was speaking, going back to resource advocacy, I think, as I said before, the past year has been tough for many students. And I think there obviously are several resources on campus that could help. Many people don't know about that. So it's it's. It is um good to hear that you guys are are have plans around that, have plans focusing on that, have plans to raise awareness about that. And um, as we just move on further in this in this interview, I had a specific question for Hayden actually. Um, so you served in twenty nineteen slash twenty session as the family events chair for the UVUSA, and you've also served as the social events chair for this twenty twenty slash twenty one school year, which obviously. He speaks volumes about your experience for this new role. Um, could you say a thing? Could you say a thing or two about how your experiences in these previous positions have prepared you for this new position? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for 2019 to 2020, when I was planning events for families, um, we were doing everything completely in person before COVID hit in March. So I've planned events that are large scale. My biggest only had 1,100 people at a family frozen Valentine's event, and that was crazy. That was the biggest family event that we've ever had. And then also, Did you say 1,100? I'm sorry. Did you say 1,100? Yeah, 1,100 people. It was crazy. Wow. Lots of little kids running around. We were not expecting that. We were thinking about 400, 500, and it blew it out of the water. So it was crazy. Um, And then also this year, I've had to get creative with COVID also and learn how to do virtual programming and how to do things COVID friendly so that everyone's staying safe if we do do stuff in person. So I have the in-person experience and I have the COVID friendly experience. So whatever next year decides to be, I'm ready to take it on and help my chairs know how to navigate those situations. And yeah, I've just, I've learned a lot about myself, about leadership, about how events work here at UVU. And I've absolutely loved my experience and I'm excited to keep helping students have a good time while they're here at UVU. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I just had a quick follow-up question before you come in, Matt. Um, Obviously you, you, you were planning events before, before COVID started and obviously everything had to go online. Um, Would you say, I mean, I suppose you would, but would you say it's been it's been tougher, perhaps planning planning these like online activities? In some ways, yes, it is definitely trickier. Bryson is on the activities branch this year as well, so he he has some experience with this too. But um, it's tricky to spread the word. It's tricky to get people there and to get people excited about doing something on their laptops after they've done homework on it all day. So that's definitely been a challenge coming up with creative and engaging things that people will still want to do. Um, I mean, it's easier in the way that we don't have to decorate. (laughs) We don't have to spend 12 hours at the school during the day, but it definitely is trickier in a lot of ways as well. Yes. So speaking of that, do you think, when can we expect the first activity this year? Um, So we do our weeks of welcome programming, which is the first two weeks of school. The first day of school is always freshman convocation. 
Um, and then we don't have specifics of what weeks of welcome will look like, but we'll have stuff going on every single night for the first two weeks of school. So you have that to look forward to. <laughs> awesome. And like, do you think like with the vaccine coming out, that uh, it'll be, we'll go back to how it was before 2020, where it was in person and a lot more relaxed. I mean, Fingers crossed for our end of year events this year, um, we've actually gotten all of our events approved for in-person, which is super exciting. Um, so we're hoping just to see things continuing to improve and continue continuing to get closer to normal throughout next year. I mean, we do have to follow the protocols and regulations that come from um, higher up from us, but we're hopeful that as the vaccine comes out, things will just continue to get better and we'll see more stuff happening in person. That's awesome. Now, moving over to, to Bryson, right? VP of, uh, executive VP, how does that feel? I mean, it's crazy still. It's like sinking in slowly as we're getting into it, but it's been it's been crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's just similar to what, so the question I asked Hayden, and it's still on the topic of, of um, experience and qualification. Um, you, Bryson, you served as the entertainment chair, or I think you are currently serving as the entertainment chair for um, the UVSA's activities branch this year so how do you think that experience has prepared you for this i mean this is a this is a big step up from entertainment chair to executive vice president and you know huge congrats again by the way but, but you know how do you think your experience in that position has prepared you for this big promotion yeah i mean thank you first um it, it's definitely i mean this position's typically in charge of like big dances and concerts and stuff like that and obviously none of that this year has been allowed to happen so it's definitely been a crazy year and I've had to learn to become a lot more adaptable and creative in that way. Um, and then like also like moving to a completely different branch of the student government, I think that a lot of those like qualifications still kind of carry over. I think one of the biggest like learning experiences for me has definitely been working with our green team this year, which is like our volunteer group on activities. Um, and not only have they like taught me a lot just as a person and getting to know them has been super cool, but I think really it's just shown me like how to better build up a community of students and also just making sure that people have the best opportunity to get involved and in making sure that we're communicating properly, which is a huge part of this position. And so I really want to carry that forward as I step up into this next one. Okay, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And um, I'm sorry, I had just real quick before you come in, Matt. Um, you obviously you are this is a big promotion as I, as I already alluded to, but you will you still be in this new position, will you will you still be involved? In, I, I reckon you'll still be involved in the like the planning the planning of these large school activities, right? Or will you have other like obviously you have other things to take care of, but will you still once in a while? It, it's a little bit different. Executive vice president is kind of over like our PR and like communications with students and stuff like that. So where I'm not like as much planning activities for students, I'll be broadcasting them to the audience of students so that they have that place to get involved. And something that's been cool that I've learned this year is that activities are kind of our way that people even find out that we have a student government. So really using that as an opportunity to show people everything else that we do is going to be a huge part of this. So while I won't be like planning them per se, there's so yeah. much to use that as an opportunity still. I agree. And um, I think Matt had one personal question for you as well. That was that pretty much just answered it, right? Like when I was going through and looking at the positions, because I'd never heard of them before, like looking through the executive VP, it sounded like you're just like a supervisor. You're just kind of there. Like Karen would tell you what to do and you would go out and make sure it got done. 
that sort of thing. But now that I know, right, you're more involved, like PR, making sure that like people know about it and it seems much more involved. So that answered my question. So you couldn't have phrased it better. Cool. Yeah. And I mean, there's so much more to it. I mean, Karen um, has served as our current chief um, inclusion officer, which is a super cool position. And that's like the whole other part of it, too, is like we're also making sure that we're a safe, inclusive and diverse community and that we're representing all different kinds of people on campus because UVU is a diverse place. And we really want to make sure that we focus on that, too. So that's like the other big part of it. That's awesome. And now moving on right to Karen, our student body president, right? One thing that I loved about your platform you ran on was the diversity and inclusion specifically, right? Because you had experience with that, with the new position from last year. Did you really enjoy that, that position of being a pioneer and setting off? What's the best way to put this? You're the one who set that off in the right track in guiding its first steps. Are you proud of, of those moments? I am. It has been awesome because really, because it's brand new, we've had to really work to build the framework for what it is going to be, not only now, but in the future. So there are a lot of things that I would have loved to do this year that I just couldn't because they weren't, we didn't have enough time, you know, because this is a brand new position. But I'm really excited to like hand it over to the next person because it's my little baby, you know, we really work to, or I really work to establish relationships with a lot of the clubs and organizations from around campus. And I think it's really set the tone for hopefully next year to be able to do more things with them. Yeah. That's awesome. And then so moving on, like from the diversity, right? You've used the largest university in the state of Utah, right? With more than 40,000 students. I see this in like our, in our nation's politics, especially where politicians and leaders have a little bit of a challenge in Voicing the marginalized, right? Those who don't really have a voice, but also having to appeal to the majority, right? What's been the norm for so long. Do you see balancing that, those two different points of view, those two different cultures, I guess you could say, do you see that as a challenge moving forward or do you feel like you can overcome it? I think with 40,000 students, it'll always be a challenge. It's something that we've, I mean, Bryson Hayden and I have, noticed this year, you know, being able to do that. Um, because even within marginalized communities, there's so much diversity and values and point of view. Um, but ultimately, I do trust myself and the rest of exec um, to find that balance. We Like in our conversations, it seems like we have very, very similar goals, which is awesome. We're pretty cohesive. As you, as you noticed, we would both, or we would all be able to live without a dishwasher. Um, yeah, it is important to um, remember that we're representing 40,000 students and we need to be sensitive about various identities, beliefs, and situations. But ultimately, um, I think at the very least, uh, I hope that we will always prioritize creating more equitable opportunities, um, that may, need us to prioritize the um, needs of marginalized students first, just because they have been left behind and they haven't necessarily had a voice in the past. Uh, we may need to do that sometimes, maybe not necessarily have that balance, but ultimately it'll be best for student interests. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have a few questions for you actually, Karen, but before that, can I just say um, huge congrats again, Karen Magana. I mean, you are the third female student body president of UVUSA, you are the first woman of color to assume the position. And I think you're, if I, if my facts are correct, which they usually are, 
your victory in the polls represents the first time on the UVSA will be will will have female student body president for consecutive semesters. So once again, huge congrats, Karen Magana. Um, I was going to ask, what was your inspiration to run for this position? Firstly, thank you so much. That means a lot. And yeah, it's Absolutely. it's been wild. Um, I noticed because I am the chief inclusion officer now. So I was encouraging a lot of students in my inclusion committee, you know, students in marginalized um, populations, minoritized students to run because we need more representation in these places of influence. Right. And a lot of them voiced how difficult it was to even get in the space of student government and how it's hard to feel like you belong. And it is. I mean, it's something that I went through when I first um, started this position. And I realized, well, I'm already here. I've already had to go through what I went through at the beginning of the semester. So I'll do it. I'll run for it because I am very passionate about, you know, diversity and inclusion. So I thought that it'd be important to really bring that, especially with my background as chief inclusion officer, to a, a position of higher influence. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And and also, I mean, I was going to ask, this may or may not be a, a I, I may or may not be digressing a bit here, but I was also going to ask about the influence of Danielle. And just in case there's anyone listening who doesn't know, um, Danielle Corbett, she's the current student body president. And I was able to interview her. I was able to interview her a few weeks actually for a project I've been working on. And she she made a few very important points that kind of relate to what you're saying. But I was also going to ask, um, Danielle was... She was the, I mean, she's the second female student body president in UVSA history. I also remember re- reading an article that said she was the first in 25 years. And I was going to ask, um, how big of an influence, and I mean, you know, any, anyone who's been paying attention knows what, what a good job she's done in the time she's been there. How much of an influence has her tenure as her being president um, inspired you? Did you ever basically see Daniel and, and go, you know, she she ran, she did it, I can do it too. And how important do you think that will be moving forward for other, and especially considering you are, as I said, the first woman of color to assume the position, how important do you think that will be moving forward for not just other prospective female candidates, but other people of color? No, I really appreciate this question because Danielle influenced me a lot. There was a lot, there were a lot of times where I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I don't know if I'm the right person for the job because, I mean, traditionally you can see that there's been one type of person who has this position, like very, I mean, even with the lack of uh, BIPOC representation that we have, you know, Um, but talking to her, she was like, well, I got a lot of sexist comments when I first went into office and I got through it. I'm still here and she's still pushing. She's doing an awesome job despite that pushback. So I was like, Hey, I can do it too. And I mean, her words of encouragement have meant so much because she knows that it is a little, um, I mean, it has been a little harder being a woman of color and like having gotten the position. Um, Just, I mean, there have been some comments that have been really upsetting and disappointing and she's like, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't. These are positions that should be taken over by any student who's qualified, right? no matter if they are BIPOC. Um, And I really hope that it does set the tone for future years. Um, I've already had a lot of students reach out and say that they're really excited to have a woman of color as um, student body president. So it really means a lot to students. Um, Representation, I mean, representation isn't everything. Policy is very important. And I said that um, in the other podcast interview that I did. But 
it really is nice to see people who look like you or who have your same background, um, especially when you are marginalized and it doesn't happen all the time, uh, to see them in positions of power is really cool. I know from my experience, like looking up to other people. So no, yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, just going back, to, just going back to something you said. The representation isn't everything. Policy is is the main thing, and that is one hundred percent the truth. But representation still is very important, as you as you alluded to. People need representation. People need to to look above them and see that they are that they are being represented by people who either look like them or have similar backgrounds or experiences as they do have. And still on the question of um equity and inclusion and diversity. And um, I know for all three of you, I know all three of you alluded to to equity, alluded to diversity, alluded to inclusion in in your in each of your campaign policies, which I think again is very important. And I think I speak for um, all students of color on campus when I say you know, we've all been in spaces on campus where we felt we didn't belong because of a lack of representation. You know, now you all alluded to representation. Now you're going to be in office. What are your plans to to push for that? You know, obviously it's one thing having a policy; it's another thing actually acting on it. And I know you're not in office yet, but have you have you spoken about this? Do you have plans right now to put things into action? to bring about more diversity, basically. Oh, yes. Um, And no, we're not in office yet, but I do have a lot of plans. Sometimes it's hard to really know um, because we do have a lot of power as like an executive council, but there are also some limitations. So I I don't want to like promise huge, gigantic things. But um, I mean, access to opportunity, I think, is essential in bringing about diversity and inclusion, even within student government, because even though we may not be able to make decisions directly. We do sit on a lot of committees where decisions are being made and we can give administration that input. So yeah, I'm actually really excited because the GPA requirement for student council positions changed through a constitutional change that students uh, voted for on the ballot. Um, So there are barriers that affect marginalized populations differently, even being GPA, you know? So I really want to examine or re-examine the elections and application process for next year and find what the factors are that keep that are keeping UVUSA overly representative of one student and underrepresentative of another student. So like international students, non-traditional students, student parents, first generation students, because like I said, UVUSA is unique in that we are a shared governance organization. So we sit on a lot of those committees with administration. They really look to us and our input. Um, But because we are all experts in our own experiences, many times like the mark is missed in fulfilling the needs of the most vulnerable or the most marginalized students. So I want to create a more accurate representation of our student body in these positions, um, but also create like effective advocacy that comes from all students in UVUSA and not only marginalized students having to fight for their own needs. So right now I'm actually working with uh, Belinda, who's the chief inclusion officer of the university and LGBT student services to provide queerness workshops within UVUSA, accessible to student leaders, but like students in general. So they know more about like the intricacies of what it means to be like a queer student on campus and why it's crucial to use correct pronouns and what to do if you mess up um, and things like that. So I want to expand that to include more identities. Um, because like you said, Daniel, and I've experienced this too, it's difficult to be in a space where people don't understand or respect your experience or your identity. It's just really hard to make connections sometimes or find the motivations to stay in that space. Um, cause it's one thing to say, oh yes, 
to everybody is welcome. Come to student government. And it's another um, to actually take the steps and make sure that students feel like they belong and that they feel included and that they don't have to worry about being misgendered or having to worry about microaggressions, things like that or being tokenized. And then also like celebrating these identities. I know we have, um, we haven't talked about it too much, but uh, from hearing uh, from Hayden and Bryson, we're really hoping to collaborate more with uh, student organizations from across, from around campus, to celebrate these identities. Um, I've started a little bit now, I'm working with Spectrum as chief inclusion officer. I'm working with the president of Spectrum, Chase Sketzelar, to do a little project for Trans Day of Visibility. And that's something that UVUSA has never done. You know, we haven't necessarily like highlighted or celebrated um, trans or non-binary students, even though that's like a big population on campus, you know. And it really means a lot to see that you're represented not only in your, uh, like in spectrum, but in student government, you know. Uh, so those are a few things. Um, I, I know students have a lot of, great ideas. And I'm in conversations already with students who would like to see certain policy changes uh, or initiatives that affect like undocumented students or international students. So there's really a lot to be done. And I love UVU with my whole heart and UVUSA, but there are a lot of steps that we need to take to make it actually inclusive. Absolutely. Um, that was a brilliant answer, Karen. And um, yes, I'm going back to what you said. Going back to what you said. I mean, there's this, there's this um, I don't know if I don't know it's called a mantra, but it's basically something that that keeps being reverberated. Come as you are, and it's something I completely agree with. You know, it's one thing to say come as you are; it's one thing to invite everyone to come in, but another thing to actually take the steps to make people feel welcome, as you already alluded to. I mean, the the, the students are listening. You know, the, the people are listening. So now we're going to hold you guys accountable. We're going to hold you. We're going to hold you. You too, Bryce, and you too, Aiden. We're going to hold you all accountable. <laughs> yeah, we're we, we're wrapping up now. I just had one final question for all of you, actually. Um, are there any specifics, perhaps, or maybe fun specifics about your new positions you're you're looking forward to? And also, I know obviously the the twenty twenty slash twenty one officials are officials are still in office. But when can we expect you guys to to fully assume your new roles? We so we're inaugurated right after commencement, and that's like the first week of May, and then we'll be doing trainings over the summer, but like officially we'll start actually really working and being able to show our work um, at the beginning of spring semester. So we'll be working over the summer, definitely, but you'll be able to see it in the spring. I mean, in the fall, not the spring, the fall. Sorry. Okay. I mean, does, I mean, does that mean like um, summer plans are out the window then? No New York, no LA trips for the summer? Not with COVID, no. True. Okay, I'm wrapping up now. I think Matt, I think he had a few things to, to say real quick before we wrap up. Well, just once again, thank you guys so much for joining us and being able to hear from you and hype us up pretty much for this next fall because 2020 has been kind of a drab year and for in so many different ways. But it's good to see that there's, as Biden said in what was it, his address a while back, right? There's light at the end of the tunnel. Just to finish off in three words or less, what can we expect from 2021-2022? Um, coming from the activities vice president, I'm going to say good times. <laughs> Dang, I thought it had to be three words. Um, mine were collaboration and connection. Oh, this is hard. I think, I think I'm going to say bring back community. That's going to be mine. 
Good times, collaboration, and what was the what was the second one, Karen? Connection. Connection, and then community. That I have a really bad memory sometimes. Sorry, <laughs> but that's awesome. I'm really excited for this year. I'm pretty sure all of our listeners will be as well. Yeah, and I don't know if we can do this right now, but if we could plug like council applications, those are open right now, and so look out for the publicity for that. If you're interested in applying for council, please do. It, it'll help make a difference. Where could they find those? Um, the link should be showing up on our Instagram tomorrow. I can also maybe find that really quick. And also while he's finding that, applications are due two weeks from today. So they're due March 31st at noon. Just so you know, we have two weeks before you to get them in. And the GPA requirement has changed. A reminder, you used to have, a, uh, have to have a 3.0 and now... Uh, with a couple supplemental items, you can still apply with a 2.75. Yeah. And I just found that link. It will be bit.ly forward slash UVUSA 21 slash 22. And that should take you to where you should apply. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. And uh, we hope you guys have a great week and we'll talk to you guys here in the future. All right, guys. Thanks again for coming on. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, (laughs) Bye-bye. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to UVU Today. Thanks, guys. And for more on what's happening on campus, you can follow UVU Today on Instagram. So it's literally at UVU Today on Instagram. And also remember, applications for UVUSA Council membership are open right now. So, So just head on over to at UVU Students on Instagram to put through your applications and follow you today wherever you get your podcast share with your friends let everyone know right we want to get the whole school listening in on to this have a great day wolverines